0: Hello, you're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Environmental Defense Fund.
1: And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore or Retreat. And
0: what is
1: happening here? We,
0: we are bringing you a quarantined uh, segment of Delta Dispatches. We're all recording or, from we're the trying comfort and safety... <laughs> of our homes today so um how are you simone
1: um this is the one time uh, we talked about this a couple times on the show where oh it'd be so funny if we had cameras or if you could hear us chit chat and this is the one time And I'm very excited that there is no camera or (laughs) uh, other beyond the show segments to this because um, we're trying to make this work. I'm so excited to see you, Jacques, literally see you in your house. And so that is nice. So we wanted to bring a little bit of normal to the situation and still talk about a couple of issues that uh, we're facing in coastal, but still make it timely to what we're talking about today.
0: Right. Yeah, it's definitely you know I think um, challenging times right now. We certainly don't want to make light of that. Or um, you know, our we really our, our hearts are, are with everyone that's going through this right now. Whether you're certainly if you're a healthcare medical um, provider who's on the front lines, or you know if you're home working from home with your kids and balancing you know being a parent and your job. Um, or you're just like all of us, you know, watching the news and and really hoping for the best. So what we want to do today is bring on some guests that are going to share some resources um, that you can actually go to in these times, um, either with your kids or yourself, and just learn more about coastal restoration, maybe see some films, read some books, um, have some experiences that um, allow you to kind of get outside of what we're all going through right now, Um, and still stay connected to our coasts. So I think that's what we're gonna try to do today. We'll see how how well we do it, but um, it's certainly an experiment for us as I'm sure it is for a lot of you.
1: making it work. That's our theme this week for sure. So with that being said, we're so happy to have Chris Cook, the Lighthouse Director from Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation, with us during our experiment, <laughs> our first quarantine version of the show. Welcome to the show, Chris.
2: Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here, even if it's in kind of a <laughs> really far apart way.
0: So how are things going, Chris?
2: Uh, pretty good. I got to tell you at the, um, at the lighthouse, we were really able to, um, hit the ground running with a lot of the ways we work, you know, uh, March and April are usually, uh, by far busiest time of year. Um, uh, the education program is usually doing, um, four school groups a week. Uh, we are getting lots of drop-in visitors. We have spring events and, um, we needed to find a way to, uh, kind of close out all that in-person stuff and find a way to work uh, together online. And I, I gotta tell you, the staff has been great. We've figured out how to all work together remotely and we are gonna be rolling out stuff uh, for the general public as fast as we can.
1: So Chris, tell us what. how is um, LPBF doing You know, as an organization? You're obviously working from home. How's the rest of the organization doing?
2: Uh, pretty good. Uh, from the reports, um, you know, it's always challenging to try and uh, keep communication up when everybody is spread out. But everybody's doing a really good job of it. Um, some of the some of the work is continuing, uh, because it's it's done in a way that was um, uh, uh, kind of isolated and safe. You know, some of the water quality testing can can keep going because that's only one person out at a time. Um, but we're responding to. Uh, calls from on high, you know, so kind of um, uh, waiting to hear, like everybody else, uh, what closures mean for our partners that we work really closely with and, and things like that. Um, but I could tell you uh, at the Lighthouse, um, it's it's kind of forced us to uh, re examine our, our priorities a little bit. So we were planning on using the summer as our time to, to revamp the education web pages and put up a lot of online resources for teachers. What, a lot of other organizations call it teachers' toolkit. We're doing that now, so the uh, education webpages have already been revamped. Um, what we're calling our education essentials—essentials, essentials, excuse me—are are going up as fast as our education staff can can put them together for public consumption. And if you go to the website, you'll see there are some curriculum collections that are already going up, and they're they're fantastic activities. Um, And this kind of fits in hand in hand with an evolution of our education programming to where we're going to be doing more teacher professional development, which is a really great way to uh, to have a lasting kind of sustainable impact places. Um, And on the general visitor side, you know, we just rolled out a fun water quality test that anybody, any visitor could do on a drop in basis where you had a um, had a fictional map and uh, took uh, water samples from from uh, locations on that map. And tried to figure out if there were any anomalies and if, you, if there were, if you could trace them to a source. Uh, it was a really cool way to get people to do hands-on things and, and use science and critical thinking. So now we're trying to figure out how to capture the spirit of that and put it online. So the very first thing we're going to be releasing actually uh, today, um, uh, Thursday, we'll have up um, the uh, supply list for our first at-home experiment that's modeled after our aquatic ROV program. Um, and it's going to be called the bathtub challenge. The supply list goes up today. And then the challenge is next Thursday.
0: That is awesome, Chris. And I'm sure, you know, parents are so excited to have that kind of content available for them, um, as they go through these times, where can people go on the website to access this content and these educational
2: materials? So for, um, the bathtub challenge, um, and any of our laboratory activities that we're going to be putting up, uh, along with a, uh, we're going to have a full online exhibit tour coming up soon. Uh, the best place to go for all that stuff is the Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation's Facebook page. Um, but if you want to check out our education materials, uh, go to saveourlake.org um, and find your way to the Educator Essentials page.
1: So Chris, there, you uh, the recent there was recently an article about the history of the lighthouse. Um, so there's a little history lesson in there as well. <laughs> Do you yeah, that'll tell be that part of the. That?
2: <laughs> yeah, that'll be part of the um, about a part of the full exhibit tour. Uh, we'll have uh, a deep dive into the history of the lighthouse.
1: Fine. So how old is the lighthouse?
2: Uh, well, we like to say that it's 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 kind of. Confusing to explain. So there's been a lighthouse on that site since the 1830s, uh, but the one we inhabit we call the fourth one on the site, um, and it's a faithful reconstruction of the third that was built in 1890. And and the one that you visit today, uh, when we're able to reopen again, you'll see it has a lot of components of that 1890 lighthouse. Um, so it's been you know it's been um, a continuous operation on that site, but through a couple of iterations.
1: And a lot of your lighthouse keepers were women, right? That's an interesting twist in the history.
2: Yeah, we're trying to figure out if this is a record. Um, because across the whole country, it wasn't unheard of for, um, uh, at a small installation that was run by a family for the, um, for the uh, man who was given the job to die and for his wife to take over. Uh, with the kids chipping in too, uh, as if it were their own small farm or small business they all ran together. But this seems to have happened a lot around the New Orleans area. So the whole New Orleans area has a strong history of female, of women lighthouse keepers. And at our particular lighthouse, we had five women keepers, um, which is pretty fascinating. Um, and uh, two of them were actually mother and daughter. So the daughter grew up in the lighthouse and then took it over when her mother retired.
1: That's very interesting. We're, we'll look forward to see that part of the history lesson, too. Chris, um, we're up against our time here. Can you remind everybody where they can find that information?
2: Yeah, go to uh, Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation's Facebook page or go to our website, saveourlake.org.
0: All right, Chris. Well, we really appreciate um, your time and hope that you and your family stay healthy and safe. Um, I guess before we let you go, fun question, because we're trying to keep it light what is your favorite, uh, quarantine snack? Uh,
2: well, that's tough. Uh, I've been, I've been enjoying making peanut butter sandwiches. Um, and I'm also really happy that, um, that our, that our shrimp guy is still, is still operating and we can still go meet him.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And um, we'll look to you to keep us informed about all the great educational content being rolled out by Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation. We'll be right back after the break with some more guests to talk about resources, materials, content that you can use in this time to keep yourself occupied and engaged on Louisiana's coast. We'll be right back after the break.
3: National Wildlife Federation gives voices to the wildlife conservation values that are part of our country's heritage. We are charting a new course for wildlife that our children and grandchildren will thank us for. Visit our website, nwf.org louisiana, to find out more about our work to restore and protect coastal Louisiana for generations to come. National Wildlife Federation, uniting all Americans to ensure wildlife thrive in a rapidly changing world. Nwf.org louisiana.
0: At Audubon, we believe that where birds thrive, people prosper. Nowhere is that more evident than in Louisiana. Integrating science, education, and policy, Audubon, Louisiana's mission is to conserve and restore natural ecosystems. Focusing on birds, other wildlife, and their habitats
1: region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and online at www.restoreorretreat.org.
0: And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Bear with Environmental Defense Fund.
1: And I'm Simona Laws with Restore or Retreat. Today we have our Coastal Voice of the Week from New Orleans, Louisiana. Erin says, it's the only one we've got. Amen, sister.
0: I couldn't disagree with that. Thank you, Erin. And reminder, you can go online anytime at RestoreTheCoast.org and submit your own Coastal Voice and we might just read it on the air. Um, so we're continuing the theme of um, highlighting resources and content that you and your family can enjoy while you're um, at home. And I'm excited to bring on our next guest, Helen Rose Patterson, Senior Outreach Coordinator with the National Wildlife Federation and Restore the Mississippi River Delta. Welcome to Delta Dispatches, Helen Rose.
4: Hey, I'm so, so happy how to be here. How are you there.
0: doing through all of this?
4: We're doing pretty good here. Our dogs are happy we're home. We've got our little uh, backyard wildlife garden, um, which has been a real treat. And, you know, we're just enjoying getting to have together time um, with uh, me and my husband. And yeah, the two I can fucks.
0: appreciate that. I mean, spending a lot of tong- time with my dog and a lot of time outdoors certainly has been um, a huge blessing in this time right now. And so I know that you and your colleagues on the outreach team are pulling together a list of resources and kind of a a care package for our supporters and for parents that they can use at this time to kind of keep themselves occupied um, and educate themselves about kind of some of the issues that we work on and even uh, you know engage their their kids and, um, in this work. So um, tell us a little bit about why you all wanted to pull this package together.
4: Yeah, so um, usually our outreach work is so much being face-to-face with all of our supporters and getting to really have those great conversations about the coast and um, make sure that we're really getting to share how important our coast is. Um, And we can't do that now. Um, And so to help people who are um, at home and need stuff to do, want to feel useful, or just want something entertaining and fun... Um, we put together this digital care package with information both about our coast, but about broader environmental issues and, and um, gardening, all kinds of different things um, so that um, folks have something to keep them engaged on these important issues while we're um, waiting out this I think that's such
0: a great idea. And, you know, there have been so many... Um, you know, discussions. So I've seen circulating among my network about people looking for recommendations for books or content or movies or, you know, all of these things to kind of keep themselves occupied. So I'm sure that will be greatly appreciated by so many. Um, so tell us about some of what's in the care package. I know there are a few uh, kind of digital resources. So tell us about those.
4: Yeah, so um, we're making some suggestions about um, books that we uh, think people might enjoy reading. A couple of my favorites. Um, by you, farewell, by Mike Tidwell, um, which was gifted to me after my first year of working on coastal Louisiana issues, and is a really beautiful um, exploration of coastal Louisiana, its people, and, and its communities, um, and is just a really lovely book to read right now. Um, we're also recommending Rising Tide for folks who want to learn about the river and the history of the 1927 um, flood. Um, written by John Barry. I actually heard John Barry uh, on the radio today um, talking about his other book about the 1918 flu pandemic. So we're not including that one in the care package, but you could potentially read that as well. Uh, And then Rancher, Farmer, Fisherman has been on my list for a long time. And I think I'm going to read it while we're stuck at home. And so we're including um, that one from the, um, on our books list. Um, and then we've got some articles as well. I really love John McPhee's Chafalaya that talks about um, the old river control structure and how we came to manage the river the way we do. Um, And then we're including some environmental justice reading as well, including um, an article by National Wildlife Federation's own uh, Mustafa Santiago Ali, um, talking about the intersection between environmental justice communities and their vulnerability to coronavirus and the impacts on our economy that are happening right now. Um, So yeah, those are some of the reading-based materials that we're sharing, and most of them are available somewhere online, or you can so I order
0: love books. that idea. Um, and, you know, all of those sound like great recommendations. Uh, Rising tide was actually the book that first got me engaged and aware in these issues. I remember being in California and reading it. And, you know, I, even though I grew up alongside the Mississippi, I didn't know kind of half of what, or, you know, even a large portion of what John Barry reported in the story about um, uh, the flood of 1927. So it's a super fascinating book. Um, And as well as, you know, some of the other ones you've recommended in the articles as well. Um, I also know, you know, you're sharing some um, videos and experiences people can do from the comfort of their couches. So we have the virtual flyover, which we're going to talk to Alicia later on in the show about, but also our Coast 360 video. Tell us about that.
4: Oh, the Coast 360 video um, has been a perennial favorite. It's a a virtual tour of the coast. You get to check out some restoration projects, um, go out with our coastal scientist Alicia as part of that. Um, And that one's always just a great hit for folks and a really nice way to see the coast. I think even kids would really enjoy getting to watch that one.
1: So that's in my part of the world in, um, in Wax Lake Outlet, which is a beautiful trip, and then also they went to Whiskey Island during the construction. So um, while I love to read for sure, um, you do have some movies that are part of the package too, right? Because that, that counts too, right?
4: Absolutely. Um, yeah, we've got several movie recommendations. Um, some of them are documentaries, some of them are, um, are just regular feature films. Um, we're always plugging Beast of the Southern Wild um, as a really beautiful portrait of, of a version of Louisiana um, that I think most people find very delightful um and then we've got a couple others so the DC Environmental Film Fest um has like dozens of documentaries up to stream i think through the uh end of the month maybe um so that'll be a get to it sooner rather than later um and we've got um films from our friends Kevin McCaffrey and Dr. Bob Thomas um including uh, Mr. Going Going Gone which is about the history of the Mississippi River Gulf Outlet and its impacts on communities and um the role it played in Hurricane Katrina um, and then there uh, they have a, um, another film whose name I'm blanking on at the moment. Um, but it'll be in the care package, so you can find it there. Uh, and then a colleague also recommended a film called Rodents of Unusual Size. I haven't seen that one yet either, but it's about uh, nutria. So I'm planning to check that one out as part of my stay-at-home time.
1: I think that was a, um, a PBS, right? They had um, a whole thing about our friends with the beautiful looking, um, teeth that taste like grass. Um, Helen Rose, yeah. this, you're packaging all this up together, but this there's going to be all in one handy place for people to find it. Right.
4: And, and yeah, absolutely.
1: When? Yeah.
4: Soon. Um, we should have it put together by the end of this week, by the time this pod there, this radio show airs. Um, and you should be able to find the link in the show notes and on our website at uh, mississippiriverdelta.org.
0: Also talking about movies, um, while not available yet, just mark your calendars because on April 10th, um, Smithsonian will be rolling out Last Call for the Bayou. So um, you may remember we had the filmmakers Nadia and Dom Gill from Encompass Films on the show to talk about those uh, short documentaries. And they feature a lot of familiar faces, people that we've worked with over time. I'm so excited to hear that those films will be rolled out nationally and I guess globally on april 10th so stay tuned we'll have more content um coming from coastal louisiana um for you to enjoy at that point so i guess helen rose let's shift real quick to the fun question we're going to have you on for another segment but um we might as well get that out of the way um so i guess we'll ask the same question what has been your go-to snack um you know while we're all working at home
4: yeah, so we're out of them now, but my pr- husband brought home these like chocolate-covered macadamia nuts that we were really enjoying for all of last week, and I'm seriously thinking about ordering some more because I'm missing mm. them this and week. And you have
0: been doing a lot of baking as well, I see, on social media.
4: <laughs> I have been. I, I baked my first loaf of bread this morning, um, and we've been enjoying. We just started making our sourdough starter as well, so um, I've seen a lot of people doing the same kind of thing as they're hunkered down at home.
1: So, Helen Rose, how are the doggies doing with Mr. and Mrs. being home all the time?
4: They're mostly pretty happy with it. They're getting to walk every single day and then they get to snooze. The little one's been sleeping right next to my desk all the time. So uh, he's pretty happy when I can reach down and scratch him and pick him up and show him off on video calls.
1: Uh, I don't even have to ask how Winnie is doing with Shox Dinner Theater. That's a whole nother show for a whole nother day.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's for Instagram.
4: I've
1: enjoyed that as well. <laughs> well, Helen Rose, will you stay with us for one more segment? Uh, we have more to we want to talk to you about, including maybe some bread making tips. Um, but we do want to keep you on just for a little while longer, if you don't mind staying with us. Um, you're listening to Delta Dispatches. We'll be right back.
0: And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Environmental Defense Fund.
1: And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore or Retreat. Um, we want to welcome back to Delta Dispatches, Helen Rose. Um, welcome back. Helen Rose, you know that I have um, little people trapped here with me. I mean, that are um, you know under, under my care. Uh, the school day begins at nine o'clock around here. But you have graciously put together a list of resources to help people like me um, keep their kids engaged at these times. Can you talk about that?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Obviously, this is a super hard time for people who are home with children or even people who have to work and have kids who aren't in school. And so it's important to keep them engaged um, and make sure that they're getting enrichment and entertainment. And so we put together some resources that we hope will be helpful to parents and families. Um, I think one of the most exciting things is that National Wildlife Federation um, has made all of our online Ranger Rick content free. um, And that ranges from the Ranger Rick Cub level stuff, which is for the itty bitties on up through Ranger Rick Jr. and then the regular Ranger Rick. And so I encourage families to go check that out um, and explore all of those resources. Um, I did just learn that Quipra, the Coastal Wetlands Planning Protection and Restoration Act, um, has curriculum um, and activity books about coastal Louisiana on uh, their website. Um, so if you're looking for something that's a little more specific to um, the coastal Louisiana scene, you could check some of those out. Um, And then, yeah, we, we put together a bunch of different, um, aquariums and zoos that are offering live streams and YouTube channels, um, and things like that. I know even I as an adult have been delighting in all of the aquariums that have been letting their penguins out to walk around and visit the other critters and the, um, Aquarium. Um, and so a bunch of uh, zoos, including our own Audubon Nature Institute, um, as well as the Monterey Bay Aquarium, Cincinnati Zoo, San Diego Zoo, and the Smithsonian Zoo, um, all have uh, live streams and broadcasts and educational materials available for kids.
1: Yeah. Also, wanted to mention a little bit closer to home, the Barataria-Terrebonne National Estuary Program has some activity books. They have Claude and Claudette. Um, they're two little crabs. I think. Claudette's nails or claws are painted. So that's how you know it's Claudette. But um, I know they have that and they have a marsh guide available on their um, website, uh, which is nep, uh, or btnep.org uh, under education. But I always, always like Claude and Claudette so much. So I wanted to make sure that they had something a little closer to home. We still get Ranger Rick at our house. And so that's a nice resource to have available too.
4: That's awesome. Yeah. I know Louisiana Wildlife Federation or, or LDWF has the uh, eagle cam up. Um, so you can definitely check that out for a closer to home thing as well. And then Louisiana Wildlife Federation um, has some coloring books that I think are available through their website. So those are a little more Louisiana specific as well.
0: And let's not forget, um, you know, the birds and that you can go out in your backyard and do some backyard birding, maybe put a bird feeder up, Um, see what songbirds come and visit now that we're approaching spring migration. So I know Simone always appreciates an opportunity for me to give a plug in for our birds. So wanted to do that for our friends from Audubon. Um, But if you're like me, you know, Helen Rose, I know you're baking. I like to, um, I've been spending a lot of time in the yard gardening, but also trying to spend as much time as possible outside. So got to go on a really nice kayaking trip out of Hopedale, Uh, This weekend have been on bike rides, but uh, I feel like people are finding that um, really critical right now to be able to get outside and explore nature as much as possible since we're all cooped up. So can you give us some recommendations for where people can go while practicing social distancing um, to explore nature and kind of get outside?
4: Yeah, absolutely. And I do encourage you to, um, you know, call ahead if you're going to go any of these places, just make sure they're still open or they don't have a cap on the number of people they're letting in. Um, But a couple of things all the way over in Lake Charles, there's the Creole Nature Trail, um, which should be a really great experience to go walk with your family. Um, Of course, Over here, closer to New Orleans, there's the Barataria Preserve over on the West Bank. Um, They've got a couple of really lovely accessible trails. It's nice to get outside. Um, It's never too crowded over there, so um, that should be a good spot. Lake Fossey Point State Park is sort of in the middle of the coast, um, a little more remote, so you're a little more likely to be socially distant out there. Um, And then, you know, along with looking at our local uh, and state parks and national park resources that are available. Um, You can also uh, level up in your gardening if you want. Uh, NWF, National Wildlife Federation, has those um, garden for wildlife resources. Our little teeny tiny backyard right here in New Orleans uh, is a wildlife habitat. And so you could work on getting your yard to become a wildlife habitat while you're stuck at home and um, I'll make a plug for the birds too. Ottoman has a great page up um, called the joy of birds that we'll be sharing as part of the resources that'll um, provide some intros to backyard birding as well as getting out and doing some other birding. That's
0: awesome. And I'm already seeing, you know, kind of monarchs in my backyard as well as um, different songbirds. So it's a great time to be outside. Um, And, you know, it's so important and I think the resource that you all put together is so helpful for people um, to keep themselves occupied, to keep themselves engaged and entertained and their families. Um, so we want to think about the things that we need to do for ourselves right now. Um, but we also want to think about others and, and and ways that, you know, from home and safely we can help in this situation, which I know you all put together um, some recommendations for ways people can help during the coronavirus. So what are some of those?
4: Yeah. So we definitely have people pointed to a couple of different things. Um, there is the, um, the red the crew of red beans um, fundraiser that's um, raising money to feed uh, people in um, who are health co-workers from our local restaurants um, and um, for for um, uh, our neighbors experiencing homelessness, um, our faith leaders who we work with recommended supporting the Asnan Inn, which is going to stay open and continue to support those folks. Um, then, um, you know, getting out to volunteer right now is a little challenging, but um There's some other uh, resources, like the Greater New Orleans Foundation has activated their response and restoration fund, which you can contribute to. The Second Harvest Food Bank is always a really good option. Um, And additionally, we've got a couple other things um, cited, like Supplies for Saints, as well as the New Orleans Council on Aging, um, to help point you um, in the direction of some ways you can help the community while keeping that distance.
0: Thank you so much, Helen Rose. That and all all the other information we highlighted from books to movies to outdoor opportunities and educational resources will all be available in our care package that we'll be putting on our website, MississippiRiverDelta.org. Um, So we hope you and um, your family and the puppies all stay safe and healthy, and we'll have to check in with you soon to see what other resources are coming up um, from the MRD Outreach team. So stay safe and healthy, and we'll be right back after the break with Dr. Alicia Renfro to talk about the virtual flyover that's now available over Louisiana's coast. We'll be right back. And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Environmental Defense Fund.
1: And I'm Simona Laws with Restore or Retreat. We're back with a coastal stat of the week right now. We want to keep it relevant and timely. So if you're in New Orleans and you want updates, the best place to go is ready.nola.gov slash home. And for statewide updates on COVID-19, the website is ldh.la.gov slash coronavirus. Also think that you can call 211 for the latest information as well, right, Chuck?
0: Yep. It's, you know, important to stay updated and go directly to the sources um, for what's happening here in New Orleans and across the state. And again, our, um, you know, our thoughts are with everyone right now, particularly our first responders and medical uh, professionals who are out there battling this crisis. Um, So we're continuing our conversation with uh, our colleagues who have provided different experiences and content and tools Uh, that people can use while they're at home, um, you know, safely social distancing themselves and, um, you know, also stay to stay informed and engaged and and even entertain their kids. So our next guest is a many, many multi times frequent guest of Delta Dispatches, um, Dr. Alicia Renfro. So we're having her on to discuss a new tool that our organization's released that she was a part of, but also we want any excuse to have Alicia on the show and to check in with her. So how are you doing through all this, Alicia?
3: I'm doing, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Uh, you know, I'm taking lots of walks with my dogs and uh, trying to work in my garden as much as I can.
0: Yeah, it seems to be a common theme, um, at so least Alicia- among us, uh, us restore folks, is dogs and time in the garden and time outside.
1: So Alicia, this is um, Simone, welcome back to the show. You know, they used to, during um, the war, they called them victory gardens, right? I guess we'll have virus gardens or something, right? All of us, (laughs) all of us have the, our um, things that we tended to properly. Um, This is, uh, I'm excited to talk to you about a project that you and I worked on for a very long time, but we put a fun twist on it. So um, as many things, um, we had a group of journalists that were coming to spend the whole week here in. Louisiana and a little bit of Texas to learn more about our coast. Uh, and the flyover was canceled, the actual physical flyover. So um, tell us what we did to make it the best that we can. Yeah,
3: so um, we had already recorded a bunch of audio to go with this flyover. We like to set, we like to do these flyers over the coast just to show people um, what the coast looks like and give them the proper context of where things are and kind of our restoration tools to restore our coast. And so we had done a bunch of audio recordings to build a tool for this flyover, it got canceled. However, we were able to take that and put it in um, Google Earth to actually create a virtual flyover of our coast that anyone can take. Don't have to go up into a tiny plane, don't have to risk any motion sickness. You can just do the flyover of the coast from your computer.
1: Alicia, um, we had fun recording that as well. You've never thought so much about some of the words that you've used and some of the tone in your voice, right? How so, hard um, some you of them are to
3: get out of your mouth.
1: Vulnerable. <laughs> I w- vulnerable. I want to thank Ryan for um, Ryan Chauvin with Audubon for listening to us for hours and hours say the same thing over and over again and tell us just a little bit uh, about how we can make it a little bit better. Um, but you can go right now. You can access that virtual flyover for the coast. Um, it is at bit.ly slash LA coast. You can also probably find it on the Restore Mississippi River Delta webpage. or any one of the social media outlets that they use. Um, we're trying to encourage people to help occupy their time on their virtual flyover. So Alicia, let's talk about a couple of points that that we talk about. Um, let's talk about Queen Bass. That was a point that we talked about recently and I saw that CPRA said that the birds are coming back. So let's talk about that project because Jacques was going to make us talk about it anyway.
3: yeah so um in this virtual flyover you get to visit a lot of the sites in louisiana some of the communities but also some of the restoration projects that are either being constructed now or recently done and um one of the most recently completed ones is the queen best island Um,
0: alicia's having some doggy issues we've all been there for those of us that work from home Um, But I will say, you know, yeah, the virtual flyover is a wonderful tool. We put it together for our friends at the Institute for Journalism, Natural Resources. And even though we weren't able to host them um, last week, um, we sent them the flyover. So a number of journalists were able to actually experience what they were supposed to experience on a plane. But now it's available on our Mississippi River Delta um, Facebook page. And, uh, you know, you can access it yourself at bit.ly slash LA Coast. So, Alicia, are you back?
3: Working from home. We're all making it work.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is, you know, the theme of this show is make it work, right? So, um, so one of the things you try to show in the flyover is the tale of two basins, right? So th- we're supposed to fly out of the Lafouche Airport and Terrebonne and then make your way over to Chafalaya. So tell us a little bit about some of the places that people will see on the flyover.
3: Yeah, so as I said, you'll see some restoration projects, you'll see places like Kamenata Headland, you'll see the newly Restored Whiskey Island. Um, you'll also hear about the Timberleer Island Restoration Project that's being funded through NIFWIF, um, the Morganza to the Gulf Levee that's, um, that's, been, that's being built, the Homa Navigation Canal Lock, as well as many of the communities along the coast. One of the highlights of this Central Coast flyover is the Wax Lake and Atchafalaya Delta, particularly the Wax Lake Delta. This is, um, the Atchafalaya River is the last major distributary of the Mississippi River and the Atchafalaya or in the Wax Lake outlet was dredged in 1940s, um, to relieve water pressures, um, at Morgan city, but something really remarkable has happened. It is building a Delta without any intervention. Um, The Wax Lake Delta is an amazing look at what our coast could look like if we use the power of the river. While most of our coast is declining, the Atchafalaya Basin is growing. I mean, this is in stark contrast to the Terrebonne Basin just next door. They're really a contrast in a living delta and a dying delta, and it's all about the river that runs through it. So the Terrebonne Basin was built by the Mississippi River more than a thousand years ago but the Mississippi River changed course and the main flow went down the Birdfoot Delta as we know it today with the Lafouche um, bayou being Bayou Lafouche being the, the major distributary but that was dammed off in the early 1900s and that that area has been starved of river water and
1: sediment ever since So Alicia what what can be done to help kind of balance those two basins it seems like, One's plethora of natural resources should be able to help the one next door, right?
3: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So unfortunately, the Terrebonne Basin is a little is a little. Um. It's in between the Mississippi and the Atchafalaya River. Um. And the Atchafalaya Basin, it's it's can be a little difficult, but getting that freshwater, um, particularly to the Terrebonne Basin, is crucial. Um. There's a project that's currently in the works called the Increase. Um, flow to the um, increase, what is it? Increase, increase the Achafalai to Terrebonne. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> and that's, um, that project is currently in engineering design that would increase the depth of the um, Gulf Intracoastal Waterway to increase the flow of freshwater from the Chaffalai River, River into the Terrebonne Basin, particularly into those freshwater marshes. And also um, that project would work in conjunction with the Homa Navigation Canal Lock, which is um, part of a feature of the Morganza to the Gulf levee, but also a part of a restoration project that helps retain fresh water into those uppers, um, upper marshes, as well as limit the saltwater intrusion into those
1: areas, helping preserve those wetlands
3: that would otherwise be lost.
1: Alicia, how can you forget Increase Itchafalaya? It's like the one that I talk about the most. I talk about it almost as much as Jacques talks about birds and oysters. Like, <laughs> I can I can to I am I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, We're up against the end of the show. How did this go so fast? Um, But Alicia, this is um, not your opportunity to get away without answering a fun question. Um, We've been through so many with you. I'm going to have to put a a new opportunity. But what is the thing you look forward to doing the most um, when all of this goes back to normal?
3: Oh gosh, I don't know. Um I've never been one for big crowds, but maybe just I'll stand in a big crowd and not get sick. That would be that would be my ideal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, when them. the introvert says she wants to be an extrovert, that's a big deal. <laughs> well, thank you, Alicia always for <laughs> Thank you again for for coming on the show with us. We had to keep your numbers up, of course. And I love doing the flyover with you. I do think it's a great resource for folks when they're at home. I showed it to my dad this weekend, and he said, "Is distributary a real word?" That's what he tells me. That's what he tells me. Not how awesome the technology, <laughs> not how awesome the technology is, or how cool it is that we did that. He's like, "Is distributary a real word?" So um, thank you, Dad, for that. But um, thank you, Ryan, Chauvin, and Alicia for putting that together. Just one more time, folks can access it at um, the Restore Mississippi River Delta webpage or check it out on some of the social media channels. So thank you again for listening to Delta Dispatches this week. Just a reminder um, that we're on WGSO 990 every Thursday at 5 p.m., but we're also on the podcast. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, and Spotify. We'll be back again with some great new subjects to help you occupy your time next week. But thank you for listening to Delta Dispatches. See you next week.